This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Joining us now is a Fox News contributor, attorney, and author. He has another book, a new book. It's called The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. And it's available everywhere books are sold. Please join me in welcoming Alan Dershowitz to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Good morning, Professor. I must tell you, uh, you have written many books. Uh, I don't know when you have time to do them, but uh, I am looking forward to reading this. Book. What is this book about? Well, first is my 50th book. And the reason I write so many books is I have a lot of time now because I've been canceled by all my <laughs> friends for having represented President Trump in front of the United States Senate. I can't talk in my local library. I can't talk in my local synagogue. I can't. Uh, I, I got invited to, to no events this summer on Martha's Vineyard. I got invited to one event and then I got an email back saying, sorry, we have to disinvite you. Because a lot of people said if you showed up, they would leave or wouldn't show up. And we didn't want that to happen. Professor, the amazing part of what you're saying is that every one of us on the right, the so-called right, and you don't even have to be on the right, have been canceled from the day Donald Trump was elected president. We were unfriended, defriended, and, and, and ignored, and then out and now canceled. I mean, the left has acted not just childish, but childlessly, uh, but viciously in terms of how they're handling their 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 former friends. But let's get well, right you, into it. Let, let, let me give you one other example before we get into that. Yeah. So I was invited to a dinner party and seated next to Caroline Kennedy, who's now the U.S. ambassador to Australia. Her father was the president who wrote Profiles in Courage. And she said yes. to me, if I knew you had been invited, I would never have come saying basically that she would never be in the same room with me. This is a woman who has to negotiate with the head of China, the head of North Korea, but she can't be in the same room with somebody she's invited to dinner before in her house who has represented the president of the United States in front of the Senate. You know, Professor, that is stunning. But it goes to show you that the left is about an ideology, and the ideology is you're either with us, and if you're not with us, and you are the enemy and we will cancel you. I've never seen anything like it. I'm sorry for what you're going through, but you know what? Many of us, most of us on the right have been through the same thing. Uh, you know, in New York City, I mean, I can walk down the street and I won't even begin to tell you what happens. But you know what? Yeah. It's still America. But let's talk about this, this search warrant that was issued by a magistrate to search the premises of the former president of the United States. The first time it's ever happened. Now, it was in the news last week, but it continues to be in the news this week because there was a hearing in Florida on Thursday of this week uh, with a request by news organizations to release the underlying affidavit. The magistrate, called uh, so-called judge, uh, has not yet made a decision. Do you think the affidavit should be released, and what do you think about the magistrate? Well, first, I wrote an article in Newsweek magazine on the morning of the hearing saying what the judge should do is release it with necessary redactions 
to protect the investigation and the identity, perhaps, of confidential witnesses. You, you are a former prosecutor. You know how important that is. But a balance has to be struck. And Judge Reinhardt, Judge Reinhardt did exactly that. He followed my playbook almost word for word. He said the presumption has to be in favor of releasing things that are in the public interest. But I want to give the government a chance to come in and show what should be redacted. And so uh, in a few days, the government will have to come in. It will probably come in and blank everything out. Mm -hmm. And then Judge Reinhardt will have to decide what stays in, what goes out. Now, the kicker here is that if he doesn't accept the government's redactions, the government can appeal. And that may delay the release of the affidavit, even the unredacted part of the affidavit, for a while. I suspect that if they do appeal, they'll still release those parts of the affidavit which the government agrees to have released, and then the appeal will focus on the items that are in dispute. You know, what's interesting is that if there is an agreement as to what should be released, I mean, so there there is some fundamental agreement that some of it does need to be released. But sure. what do you think the government is willing to release? Information that is what? Oh, I think the government will push for the release of information that's very negative about about uh, Trump, about, you know, classified material and maybe his intention. And they'll probably withhold anything that's favorable to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, after all, an adversary process. Now, the government should act differently. They're not just adversaries. They're supposed to be interested in justice and the truth. But I think they will be very selective in what they want released. And then that will go perhaps to further litigation. I'm not sure, but at least the principle has now been established. It's an important principle. And whatever else you might say about Judge Reinhardt, you've got to give him credit because he went against what almost everybody, everybody in CNN Mm -hmm. said, he's just going to cover up everything. He's not going to release anything. That's the right thing to do. He had the courage of his convictions to at least say in principle, it should be released. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt wait to see what he does, and then we can sit in judgment over him. We have a right to sit in judgment over judges, even former judges like you. (laughs) Absolutely. In fact, I think it's a good thing. I think that no one is above the law, even judges. No one's above the the media either. Well, isn't that the truth? But, you know, I thought initially that the judge would not be willing to release anything, given the fact that he made the decision to issue a search warrant uh, based upon probable cause, which suggests that they're looking into a crime. Now, it's right. it can't just be the National Archives records uh, no. if they're because that statute is not a criminal statute. So what do you think they're talking about if the president and what he's saying is true? And that is that they were there in June negotiating. And the, he says that the government indicated, look, double padlock this area. What do you think they're looking for? What do you think they think Donald Trump is doing? Well, they mention, among the other things in the search warrant, is the worst statute passed probably in the 20th century, mm-hmm. the Espionage Act of 1917, um, after the Alien and Sedition Acts, maybe the worst civil liberty statute ever passed, uh, which under which lots of dissidents have been prosecuted. You know, Daniel Ellsberg, Dr. Spock, mm-hmm. uh, Eugene V. Debs, and the ACLU and civil libertarians in general, people like me, have railed against this statute for years, saying it's too broad, it's unconstitutional. Now the left, which hated this statute when it was applied to their people, is applauding the statute. They want to expand it. They want to use it to get Trump because we live in an age 
where the hard left has one rule, get Trump. Getting Trump trumps the Constitution, trumps civil liberties, trumps the rule of law, trumps equality, trumps free speech. As long as you can get Trump. Look at one of my colleagues, Larry Tribe, Lawrence Tribe. Right. He went on television and said that he's trying to persuade his former student, Merrick Garland, to prosecute President Trump for the attempted murder of of Vice President Pence. Now, you and I both know what the law of attempt is. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. This guy Tribe has lost all credibility. I don't even know why he continues to to uh, to argue things that a second grader could gainsay. But the in the end, what we've got here is and let's kind of veer from the legal professor. Let's talk about how that you believe. And look, you've been in the public eye for a long time. How do you think the public is reacting? I mean, we went from Russia collusion. Now we're talking espionage. Um, I mean, it, it has been six years of trying to bring this man down. No one has been able yeah. to say he's done anything. Yeah, no, I think the public will react very negatively if all that they come up with is some classification mishandling of the kind that Hillary Clinton and <laughs> Sandy Berger did. Uh, mm-hmm. If They have to come up with a smoking gun. Uh, a la Richard Nixon. And the reason Nixon was forced out of office was because Republicans, Republicans said what he did was unacceptable. It didn't divide the country. It united the country to get rid of Nixon. This is so different. This is a situation where if they do indict him for classification issues, the country will be torn apart, divided down the middle, and it will be a terrible, terrible thing. So I hope and I think that Merrick Garland, who, unlike many people on the right, I think is a decent man. I supported him for the Supreme Court. I think he will do the right thing. But if he does the wrong thing, I'm coming. <laughs> Believe me, I'm going to be very critical. Of him. You know, but the amazing part of this, when you think about it, Professor Dershowitz, is that when when Merrick Garland first got this, uh, you know, request or was notified that they were looking into getting a search warrant, which has never been done in the history of this country against a former president of the United States, it took him several weeks to make that decision. And all of a sudden, it's it's an exigent circumstance. They have to get in there at six in the morning and they, you know, they can't do it with a court ordered subpoena. They, they, they have to go in there guns a blazing and don't tell yeah. me there were no guns a blazing. I mean, that's what the left is saying. Oh no. Well, they're right in front of Mar-a-Lago with long guns. Yeah. No, it's absurd to think there was an exigent circumstance because even after they got the search warrant they went home to their family for the weekend, spent a nice, quiet, leisurely weekend and then went in, uh, a, f- a few days later, if this right. were really national security, they'd have been in the hour they got the search warrant. Uh, so I don't believe that for a second, but I think the affidavit will disclose it. Now, they do say that there were surveillance cameras and the surveillance cameras, which was subpoenaed, did capture something that showed it was exigent. But what we need is a timeline. When did mm-hmm. the surveillance cameras do this? Why didn't they then enforce the subpoena? You right. know, as a judge, you can walk go over to a judge and say, we have a subpoena. The other side's not cooperating. Please mm-hmm. enforce it. Make them bring the material in tomorrow. And right. then you can go through it and see if there's anything that's privileged, if, there's any, if he wants to invoke uh, executive privilege or the Fifth Amendment or whatever. But that's not what they did. You know, it's all about the narrative. And whoever controls the narrative basically controls 
you know, the uh, the election. And that's that's what they're doing. They're creating a narrative here where they could have done things so much differently, but they make it seem as though this man is, is a danger to the United States of America. Let, the, let's narrative just, isn't, the narrative isn't really working because you know, I don't believe the it's working. Warrant, I, I, the FISA warrant, there's great distrust in these kinds of affidavits. And so that's why... <laughs> Sunlight is the best disinfectant. Let's see the affidavit, as much of it as we possibly can. Let's see how they justify going into his locked safe, into his wife's clothes closet. Let's see if they say it's plain view. As you know, the FBI has yes. enormous peripheral vision when it comes to plain view. <laughs> they can see anything, anywhere. They can so see through walls. The they can see through all kinds of things. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Alan Dershowitz, again, writer of the book called The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. Thank you very much, Alan Dershowitz, for joining us on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers show.